All right, uh, open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. <clears throat> Deuteronomy, chapter 4. How many of you have ever gone through any trouble? Anyone? Yeah? Who here has never gone through any trouble? Interesting. Interesting. Um, how many of you didn't really know what trouble was until you really had trouble? You know what I'm talking about? Um, I thought that I had experienced trouble in my life, and then when Riley was born, our son, and he died when he was four and a half months old, all of a sudden I understood trouble. Right? There's different types of things. But it doesn't matter what it is, when you're in it, it's horrible. Whatever your conflict is, when you're in it, it's terrible. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 and look at verse 30. Now look at verse 29 for the context. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He, is not, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, help us this morning to get a good understanding of what tribulation really is and the purpose of it. Lord, at the end, I hope that we can find hope. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, our theme for the last month or so as we, that we have introduced is this idea of engage. And what we want to engage, if you look at the, uh, at the graphic, we want to engage beginning with Scripture. Then we know how to engage the culture, our friends, our neighbors, our family, and the world. And what God does is He prepares us for engagement. Does anyone here ever be, was anyone here ever in the military? Ever in the military? All right, so what your training was preparing you for engagement. That's, that's what it was for, to know what to expect. Anyone here ever play football? You play football? They would teach you how to block. Here's what's going to happen when you get hit, right? And you get hit a lot in practice so that you're not surprised at how much it hurts in the game, right? I remember I was playing football. Man, there was this guy, Martinez, lineman on the other side. I, I was running back, and I went running through the middle, and my fullback had gone through, and this guy just knocked him out of the way, and he hit me so hard, I thought I was going to die. And I want to tell you, nobody had ever hit me that hard in practice, because we didn't have a Martinez, you know what I mean? Um, but what, what the idea, the idea of that training is to prepare you for the engagement. Right? Now, how many of you think we need some full contact training before marriage? Amen? Amen. Right? Right? It's full contact sport. Now, <laughs> what I want to do is I want to... <laughs> Chad wants to testify right here. I don't know. <laughs> I have $2. I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> here, uh, uh, let me give you the definition of the word tribulation. The word tribulation. Um, it is that which occasions distress or vexating severe affliction. 
It's that which occasions distress or vexating severe affliction. It, it comes from a Roman word, a Latin word that the Romans used, you know, the tribulum. The tribulum was a, a sledge that had um, metal teeth on it like a harrow, a farming implement. And it was used, it was drawn across grain on a threshing floor to remove the husks. Okay, some of you are thinking, that's great, Pastor. Nice. That's the word that God chose to describe tribulation. So, when the Lord chose that word, He picked a word that speaks of a powerful, painful tearing, which separates that which is of no value from that which is of value, so that that which is of no value may be thrown away, and that which is of value may be retained. So the threshing floor, you know, you have your wheat and it's wrapped in chaff and you've got to separate the two. And that's done by breaking it and tearing it away. But you've got to do it in such a way that the chaff is gone, but that the wheat remains and is useful. It's interesting. That's the word that God chose to use for tribulation. Tribulation. Um, in all of its uses... Whether God is tearing through the life of an individual with some trial or circumstance, or whether God is tearing through the nation of Israel for seven years, His purpose is not to injure or harm them, but to tear away that which is no good, so that that which is good may be used. All right, so now, look at Deuteronomy, and we're going to go through a couple of passages. And we're going to try and get an understanding of what tribulation is. And my message this morning is tribulation, the road to hope. Last week I preached on is there any hope in the world? Remember the, there in Acts chapter 27 when the sun didn't shine, they, they lost all hope that they might be saved. And we said that there's hope in a Christian who will take a stand. There's hope in the changeless word of God and there's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But now when you're in the middle of your darkness, how do you find Hope. What is the purpose of tribulation? Look at Deuteronomy 4. Look at verse 1. Back in Deuteronomy 4. Look at verse 1. Let's see who's being spoken to. Now, therefore, hearken, O... What's it say? Is that the church? No, no. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live. And go in and, what's it say? Go to heaven? No, what's it say? Possess the land. So it is interesting how some preachers will take a text like this and preach to Christians. This isn't written to Christians. It's written to the nation of Israel. He's telling them, if you obey these statutes, you, statutes you'll live. How many of you think they ought to obey the statutes then? Right? And you'll be able to stay in the land. This is for Israel. Look at verse 2. Ye shall not add unto the word that which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did. And he goes on to talk about that. But go, drop down to verse 14 for me. And look what the Bible says. And the Lord commanded me at the time to teach you statutes and judgments that ye might do them in the land whither ye go over to possess it. So the purpose of all those commandments and statutes, those were the, the king's rules for the, the people to be able to live in his land. 
Is that right? Now look at what it says in verse 4. Now we can understand the context of this passage. Verse, look at verse 29. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find Him. If thou seek Him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou shalt turn to the Lord thy God, and shalt be obedient unto His voice. Now I want you to think about something. Here's what God is telling the nation of Israel. He's telling them that when tribulation comes to you, it will come to you because of your disobedience. And remember, that happened. They were removed from the land for 70 years. Remember? 70 years, then another time for 30 years. And God sent, uh, God sent Hosea and Zechariah and Haggai and Jeremiah and all these prophets to tell them, come back to God or this is going to happen. Is that what happened? And yet God never forsook His people. When they turned to Him, He delivered them from their tribulation. Is that right? Is that what happened? So this is not only dealing with that seven-year tribulation period that's coming, because look at the way it reads in verse 30. When thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, now look at what it says, even in the latter days, so it, it can happen to you now, it can happen to you tomorrow, but it is going to happen in the latter days also. Now, in the latter days, that's obviously dealing with that seven-year tribulation period where God is going to trouble His people. It's interesting that the word, uh, the way that it's described in the book of Jeremiah is the time of Jacob's trouble. The time of, That's what the tribulation is called. The time of Jacob's trouble. It's a period of time where God deals with His people. So how does that work for us? What does that have to do with us? Well, we're talking about what that word tribulation means. It's distress. It's trouble. It's, it's, it's a time of vexating circumstances that are very difficult for us. It's an interesting thing. But notice what is included in this. Go to 2 Corinthians 1.3. Let's look at it for the believer. 2 Corinthians 1.3. How many of you have noticed that a message like this is more important to you at different times in your life? You know, there's some people right now, you're bored. Because I'm a boring speaker. But you're, you're bored because you're not in trouble. Some of you are hanging on every word. Lord, explain this tribulation. Lord, help me understand this trouble. That's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 1.3. The Bible says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth, who comforteth us in all our, what? Tribulation. So notice, we as Christians, the, the church at Corinth wasn't going through the tribulation period. So the word tribulation doesn't only apply to a seven-year period where God deals with Israel. It's also a general word that deals with distress or vexating severe affliction, all right? Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Why? That we may be able to comfort them which are in any, what? Trouble. What does God call the tribulation in Jeremiah? The time of Jacob's? Trouble. 
trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now, I want you to notice what precedes the words tribulation and trouble. Look at what it says in verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the what? The Father of mercies. So your Father, who has you in tribulation, is the Father of mercies. That's interesting, isn't it? But He's also the, what's it say next? And the God of all comfort. So look at what's in this text. What does God then do? Look at verse 4. Again, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So let me ask you this. When you're in trouble, are you comforted of God? The Bible says that's what He does. I wonder if sometimes we miss that comfort because we're so focused on the trouble. It's a good question, isn't it? But I want you to notice something about tribulation. Tribulation is not the end of the matter. Tribulation is not the end of the matter. Tribulation is not something that causes you to end. It's not something where God is trying to destroy you. That's not what tribulation is for. Punishment is the end of the matter. It's eternal. That's different from tribulation. No one in hell or the lake of fire is in tribulation. They're in punishment. Hey, look at that. It went right in the offering plate. I couldn't do that if I tried. So think about this. Someone might think that hell would be tribulation. That's not what tribulation is for. Tribulation is to separate, it's to tear away that which is not good from that which is good. That's not the purpose of hell. Now, if you're a Roman Catholic, that's the purpose of purgatory. But that's not found in the Bible. The Bible says that, for is it appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. So there's no further testing or improving after death. It doesn't happen. There's two verdicts, heaven or hell. Heaven, eternity with God, or the lake of fire, or eternity from God. That eternity apart from God, that's eternal punishment. That's not tribulation. So those of you who are in trouble right now, it's not punishment. That's an interesting thing to think about. Um, we don't think of trouble as being destroyed. Trouble doesn't destroy us. Um, so tribulation is not punishment, it's refinement. Isn't that interesting? Tribulation is not punishment, it's refinement. Can Keep your place here in 2 Corinthians. Go with me to Zechariah, the second to the last book of the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 13. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8. And it shall come to pass that in all the land... Remember, that's just like we saw in Deuteronomy 4. Do you see that? All right. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die... 
but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the tribulation. What's it say? Through the fire. And will kill them. No, what's it say? And will refine them as silver is refined. And will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. What has happened to the tribulation? He has refined them. He has torn the good away from the chaff. So tribulation is not punishment. Tribulation is refining. That's what God is going to do to Israel. What happens in our lives? See, here's what happens. The teaching is this. Who comforteth us in all our... Go go back to to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. And I, I want us to read it this way. If we're going to define our words, the words that God has defined in His Scripture, we get the understanding of the words from the Bible. Here's how we understand this verse. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Who comforteth us in all our temporary hardship for a beneficial purpose, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. See, tribulation is temporary. Isn't it wonderful the tribulation is seven, seven years? The tribulation period is seven years. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 24. Let's get a better understanding of this. Off the top of my head, I don't remember where it's found, but the verse, there's a verse that says, Our light affliction, which is but for a little while. Isn't that interesting? That affliction, tribulation. For a little while. It has an end. A lot of people think that tribulation is the end. It's not. It's not. Look at what it says. We're in Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, no, nor ever shall be. But look at what it says in verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So what God says is, this this seven-year period, it's for a little while. If I allowed this tribulation to continue, nobody would live. But for the elect's sake, for Israel's sake, He has it for a specific period of time. But even after it's over, that's not the end. Tribulation is not the end. Look at verse 29. Immediately... What's the next word? After the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So what does God do? At the end of the tribulation period, He gathers all of His people that have survived. The chaff is gone. His people now come together into the millennial kingdom. That's what the tribulation is for. Now I want you to notice something that's very interesting. How many of you have noticed that two-thirds don't make it through the tribulation? Is that what it said in Zechariah? What is it for them? 
It's punishment for them. They don't turn. They don't come to the Lord. They don't receive His offer of eternal life. They don't receive His offer of blessing. And so, what should have been tribulation becomes punishment. Now, the rest of the world, we know from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the rest of the world that is judged during the tribulation period, there are those who heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They heard that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. They heard that they have the opportunity to receive that gift of eternal life, to repent of their sins, and to acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Savior, and so to have eternal life and eternal blessing. Is that right? They've heard that and they reject it. Those who reject it in the tribulation... It's not tribulation for them. It's judgment for them. The Bible says that God will bring a strong delusion on them that they will believe a lie who believed not, who believed not the gospel of Jesus Christ. They wouldn't receive Christ. They wouldn't receive Him when they had the chance. So what should have been tribulation in this world is now judgment and punishment, and they have eternal separation from God in hell. Tribulation is not the end. It's not the end. Now, what is the purpose of the tribulation? The great tribulation, as awful as it is, is not intended to destroy Israel, but to tear out of their unfruitful condition, to tear them out of their unfruitful condition into that glorious millennial kingdom where they finally realize the full intent and purpose for which God chose them in the beginning. Why did God choose Israel? What did He want them to do? He wanted them to be a light to the Gentiles, a beacon whose light goes out to all the earth. To, he, he wanted them to be the nation where the Messiah sits enthroned. That's what God intended for them. Do you know what's going to happen after the tribulation? They're going to be the nation that God intended them to be. After the refining process of tribulation. That's what it's for. What happened? All the good grains encased in chaff. What's the purpose of the Great Tribulation? Are you ready for this? It's not destruction. It's separation. The purpose of the Great Tribulation is not destruction. It's separation. Do you know that God wants you to be separated unto Him? Separated from what? Tell me. The world. The world. Remember what we said in our first message in the Engaged theme. We asked this question. Are you engaged... Or are you entangled? Nick and I were talking, and he's got two different jobs at work right now. They're trying to do some remodeling on the house, lots of stuff going on. I asked him, what's going on? Because I just got a lot of stuff on my mind. How many of you have been through that? A real busy time in your life, right? You ever been through that? And your wife wants to remodel in the middle of it. How many of you think that HGTV is from the pit of hell? You watch it and you feel like all your stuff is junk, you know? Anyway, all of us go through what, what Nick was describing, those times when your life is busy. That's not what entanglement is. God knows our flesh. He knows, he knows my frame that I am but dust. That's not entanglement. Now, if you live there, you become entangled. Right? If you live there, you become entangled. See, the idea is our tribulation 
our trouble helps us to see what's important. I'll give you an idea of this. Um, I love cars. I'm a car guy. I read car magazines. I love it. I love cars. Um, speaking of the Arlings, they gave me a gift one time for Christmas. It was a, a wax and all this stuff for the car. And he said, it, and on the card it said, it's for your idol. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was kind at all. Um, so I, I love cars. I really like cars. The faster, the better. Amen. Just love cars. And so I always played this game. I drive down the road and the car's coming the other way. I played this yes, no game. And so if it's a car that I would like to have, I'd say yes. If it's not, I'd say no. And, you know, semis and stuff don't count. Okay? And so I would play this game. Now let me tell you something that's interesting. When Riley was born and he was so sick and, and we dealt with all of that. You know what I found when I was driving? I didn't play that game. When he died and we're trying to figure out everything, and some of you have heard the story. I won't go into it again today. It was, it was hard. I didn't play that game then. Why? Because tribulation, trouble, had focused me like a laser on the Lord. I mean, not exactly that same situation, but you've been in a circumstance that took your attention away from everything else in the world and brought it only to God. How many of you have been through something like that? Now, the Bible says He gives us all good things to enjoy. So I don't think there's anything wrong with you enjoying cars or you enjoying hunting or football or golf or, or HGTV. Okay? So I'm not saying that if you, if you have interests in this world that you're entangled. But if those interests keep you from seeing God, from focusing on Him, then you are entangled. And do you know what God does? He brings tribulation to separate you from the world back to Him and refine you. How many of you want that to happen? No. No. It's interesting to see how God works with us. The purpose of tribulation is not destruction, it's separation. Does it hurt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If the nation of Israel goes through all that and it turns out for their good, what about our tribulation, vexation, and times of trouble? Here's the good news. You ready for this? When I have tribulation, God's not punishing me. How many of you ever heard someone say this? Why, what did I do? Why is God doing this to me? How many of you ever heard someone say that? What did I do? God, what did I do? Do you know what they're doing? They're looking in the wrong direction. If you're saved, how many of you here, you're born again, you know Christ is your Savior. All right? If you're saved, the purpose of tribulation is not for what's come in the past, it's what He has planned for you in the future. That's what tribulation is for. Look at Romans chapter 5. I want you to see something.
Therefore, we're verse 1, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we what? Stand and rejoice in what? Hope of the glory of God. Now, how many of you are saved? Well, if you're saved, then you're justified. What is justified? It is declared righteous. It's God's legal declaration that you are righteous. If you're righteous, what does He have to punish you for? What does He have to punish you for? Nothing. Nothing. Then, what else do you have? Since you're justified, you have what? And we and have peace. Let me ask you a question. Are you at peace? Now, I asked you a minute ago if you're saved. Raise your hand if you're saved. All right? Now, don't raise your hand here. Are you at peace? Are you at peace with God? See, you're going through tribulation, and you go to God, and you say, God, why are you mad at me? What did I do to bring this on me? And what happens is, Many people are looking back with a guilty conscience that they shouldn't have and say, this is happening because God is mad at me for something that happened in my past. God can't be mad at something that He's forgotten. What does Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17 say? And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He doesn't remember them. How many of you wish your wife was that way? Your husband was that one. You go to God and you say, God, are you mad at me for what I did? And he said, what did you do? Because when he sees you, all of that is under the blood. So tribulation is not something that's come into your life because of something you've done in the past. It's God preparing you for something better in the future. He is making you useful for him. That's what tribulation is. Let's, let's read on. This is so interesting. Let's start in verse 1 again of Romans 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and... What's that next word? Rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in... Oh, no. What's that next word? Tribulations knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Um, the, the idea for this message, and some of it came from, I was listening to James Knox teaching on how to study the Bible, and he was talking about um, how to study words, and this word tribulation was one of them. And a lot of the verses that I'm using were in that. And he, he said this, that when his church was, was young, they had just started it, there was a new believer in a prayer meeting he said, um, does anyone have any prayer requests? And this young Christian stood up and said, uh, uh, would you all pray that the Lord will give me patience? And there's this old saint in the back who said, God forbid. <laughs> Why? Because the young believer didn't know what he was asking for. God doesn't give you patience. He gives you tribulation. What does tribulation do? What is the road to patience? And not only so, verse 3, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience. What kind of experience? 
Keep your place here, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the experience of the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Isn't that interesting? So go back to Romans now. Go back to Romans and let's look at this. Verse 3, chapter 5, verse 3. And not only so, but we know, or but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience what? Hope. Hope. Could you use some hope right now? Can you use some hope? Do you know what's going to really help you to understand hope? Tribulation. Are you in tribulation right now? Now, if you're not saved, it's punishment. If you're saved, God's not punishing you. He loves you. But that tribulation is that tearing away of that which is keeping you from being useful for Him. Now, you might be saying, well, that sounds like God is selfish. No, 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 no. What God understands is if you tear that away, which is keeping you from being useful to Him, then it's also better for you. So it's like the doctor that removes the cancer. And some of you have had cancer and you've had surgery. Brother Pope had that Panama hat on when I picked him up. And the reason he's wearing that hat is because he's had skin cancer. And they, they had just had to cut some of that skin cancer out of his scalp. How many of you think that that's fun? I don't know. But he's better now. The cancer's been removed. He's better now. That's what God does for us. And He does it through the instrument of tribulation. So where does the hope come from? Where does that come from? Go to the book of Romans. <laughs> where are they there? Romans chapter 15. This is so interesting the way that this works. Look at Romans chapter 15 and verse 1. We then that are strong, how did we become strong? Through the tribulation. Right? We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through what? Patience and the comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Where did the patience come from? Answer me. Where did the patience come from? Tribulation. Now, look at what happens. Go to verse 13. Now, the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power 
of the Holy Ghost. What is going to make us that kind of person that's abounding in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost? Tribulation. Tribulation. You know, uh, I don't know how many of you played sports, but anybody here ever run suicides? Fun, huh? It's great. It's my favorite thing. There's a reason why the coaches punish you with suicides. Because it's a bummer. Slides. Man, I hated slides in basketball. You'd slide from one to the gym to the other and then back. And Why are they doing that? So you can slide and play defense. It's horrible. It was terrible. I hated it. Man, it was pretty good when that guy couldn't get around me in the game. That's awesome, isn't it? It's, it's pretty good. You might have not been the best team talent-wise, but what if you were in better shape than the other team? Lots of teams have won because when the talented person ran out of energy, the less talented person rose to the top. Amen? What brought that? Tribulation. Tribulation. Are you in tribulation right now? Do you know what the goal of tribulation is? Not punishment. Separation. What is God trying to remove from your life, from your attitude, from your spirit? So that you can understand patience and so that you can have hope. What is it? You know, the person who has had cancer and been through that just kind of smiles at the person who's complaining about their cold. Why? Because their experience has helped them to understand the significance of that problem. Some of you are in tribulation right now. You're in trouble. What is God wanting to do? You know, Rahm Emanuel famously said, don't ever waste a crisis. How many of you have heard that? I don't really like what they're doing with it. That's, you know, Saul Alinsky and all that. But how about for the Christian? Don't waste tribulation. Don't waste it. Learn from it. The God who loves you is refining you for a purpose. Have hope. Be patient. And it's interesting. Do you know the word that comes along with patience many times in the Bible? Enduring. But remember, your light affliction is but for a little while. It's not the end. There's a purpose for it. God wants to give you hope. God wants to turn you into a vessel that's fit for His use because that's why you were, that's why you were created. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You so much for Your Word. Lord, I know that there are people here in this room that are in tribulation right now.